0: I got this. It is very cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Definitely got that. All right. Hey, go ahead and get your Bibles open. Come on. Let's dive into God's Word. Open up your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke in the New Testament, Luke chapter 11, verse 13. I'm, I'm ready to preach today, and I hope you're ready to receive today. Uh, now, please know this. Satan has a strategy for your life. And uh, he wants to. De- part of that strategy is he wants to deplete you of the presence of God, of the glory of God. You see, as believers, God's spirit dwells within us. But there's a challenge. There is that sometimes that 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 spirit can be depleted or can run low, and. Uh, and that's where a lot of problems happen. That's actually where a significant number of problems happen in believers' lives. See, the enemy wants to beat you down and keep you weary. He wants to make you feel helpless. He wants you to give up. And I'm going to say, don't let that happen. So go ahead and open your Bibles up. Uh, You've got it now. Luke chapter number 11, verse 13. And the title of today's message is Growing Holy Spirit Presence. Growing Holy Spirit Presence. Now, the symptoms of not growing the presence of the Holy Spirit—they're abundant—and and, and I, I I did a lot of research on this after uh, really studying the scriptures, researching the scriptures. I found a lot of uh, traits that are that signify that the holy spirit presence in your life is not as significant as it should be and, and i'm going to re- i'm going to read through these what i've discovered in the word and uh, and and the truth is if you're if the holy spirit is being drained from your life and you find yourself just kind of going through spiritual motions and you're not intentionally engaging a deeper level of the presence of the holy spirit you're going to find some challenges. And here are the things that that I found in the Word. You may struggle with being a worshiper. Uh, Your heart is heavily affectionate toward worldliness. You lack provision. You hold resentment or unforgiveness in your heart toward others. You're constantly wrestling with temptation. You're pounded even with demonic or satanic activity. Your faith is low. You're finding little favor with God and little favor with other people. You're not able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in fact, you may even be divisive, or you are you find yourself attracted to other divisive, negative people. Uh, you you struggle with generosity. You find that you're not a person of grace. You're in spiritual bondage. or There just seems to be a low level of the glory of God in your life. And when others see you, they are not really seeing Jesus. Now, if any of that struck a chord with you, I want you to really listen up. Because I arrived at this list by looking through all of the things that I found in the Scriptures, or many of the things, I don't know if I exhausted the Bible on this, but many of the things in the Scriptures that are the benefits of growing Holy Spirit presence in your life. And I took each one of those benefits and I inverted it, and the inversion is what I just shared with you. Those are symptoms of not having a strong amount of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you find yourself constantly plagued with one or maybe more of those issues... And I'm not talking about a, a brief moment where you don't feel like everything's, you feel like you're on a cloud, because Christians, we don't live on, on a high cloud all the time. But, but if you're, you feel like a constant nagging for, from one or more of these issues, it's very likely that you're running low on Holy Spirit presence. And today is a day that I'm going to ask us to deal with it. And I want us to get serious about it today. Uh, now, from time to time, I'm honored here in the community to be able to, to do something that's called invocations. Uh, th- this is, these are, these are uh, prayers that I'm able to offer at local government meetings and community activities. And, and for me, I see it as an opportunity to grow Holy Spirit presence in the community. Uh, several years ago, one of my staff members said, well, I don't even know what an invocation is because they were working with, I don't know, I think it was Tarrant County on, on doing an invocation for one of their, uh, one of their meetings. And I said, what is an invocation? So I said, well, I, I just went right to the point. I said, that is when they are giving me permission to invoke Holy Spirit presence at a meeting. And I want you to think about that. That is a privilege. And trust me, when I do it, I do it. I believe in that. I, I don't take those, those assignments lightly. I go in and I pray in the name of Jesus. I don't just say, God, or, or if you're a heavenly being up there somewhere, or, you know, uh, whatever, we like fluffiness and, and amen. I mean, I, I've heard some invocations like that. I'm like, oh, come on, what did you just invoke here? But an invocation means you invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit into an atmosphere. And that is something significant. And I I enjoy being able to do that. Really, I'm honored to do that. So, but I believe that we should also be invoking Holy Spirit presence in our own lives. You need to be invoking Holy Spirit presence at your business. You need to be invoking Holy Spirit presence in your home. And we invoke Holy Spirit presence in our church. In fact, I'm telling you guys, i will never be satisfied with the measure of the holy spirit in our church because i will always want more i want more and so we have to continually invoke and it's not just for for here for our churches but it's for our lives in every way see i don't want a tiny drop of the presence of god i want a massive inundation with holy spirit presence in my life and in my church now, as I was preparing this message and going through a lot of the scriptures this past week, I, I, just, I, I really dove into the scriptures. And let, and let me uh, you know, make this clear. I've been studying and preaching the scriptures for many years. And, and, of course, I have a lot of notes. I have a lot of stuff that's accumulated over the years that I can use as resources. But what I like to do is I like to start fresh and then look at those other resources later because I want a fresh revelation from God. I, I don't want to just lean into something that I may have preached or taught about or researched 30 years ago. I mean, that's all fine. That's good. It's good stuff. But I want to say, what God can you show me today and now? And that's, that's a little secret into the way that I like to do my research and planning and preparing for services. And and as I was doing that for this particular service, one of the first things I did is I arrived at a basic scripture, which, I, which is where we're going to look here in just a second, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Or Luke, forget it. Uh, I'm going to say Luke 11:13. I think that's where we're going in here in a minute. But, but I, I went to that and I started there. And then what I what I did is I started looking in the context because you will always find the real meaning of a scripture when you read its context. And I'm big on that because a lot, many people will take scriptures, they'll pull them out, they'll try to apply them to something. It may sound great, it may look great, but it's actually not what the Bible is saying. And I, I, I really believe that we should kind of like do what the Bible says. Are, are, you, are any of you guys into that? All right, all right. I Well, here's what, I found some stuff that I really had never really clicked in my mind before. And I found that So much of this thing of of invoking the presence of the Holy Spirit, it actually goes back to the Lord's Prayer. It does. It revolves around what I memorized as a kid, and I learned it. Many of you guys know it as well. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those our trespasses, whatever you want to say. And lots of different versions of this. And you know, it goes on, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Yeah, and, and so I I, I I found that. And then I also found some things about asking and seeking and knocking. And then I found some really neat things. Uh, Stuff that was in there about about like like eggs and scorpions and bread and fish and 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 snakes. And, 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 so this is really interesting. What I came up with, and this is all while I'm looking for for some depth regarding invoking Holy Spirit presence. So let's get into it. You see, Jesus, his when he was training his disciples, he will he was training them to be world changers, and they knew that. Now. One of the things that they wanted to do is they said, they said to Jesus one day, God, Jesus, I mean, they called him God at that point. They said, hey, Jesus, or Jesus. Or, I'm not quite sure why, exactly how they pronounced his name back then. But let's just say Jesus because that's how we pronounce it here. But Jesus, I, uh, we, we want to know how to pray. We, we want you to teach us how to pray. So that's when Jesus introduced the model prayer also known as the Lord's Prayer, which is a template for prayer. Uh, But but interestingly enough, a lot of times we just look at that prayer and say, okay, that's what Jesus taught, and we move on. Well, that's not where it ends. It keeps going on. See, because Jesus didn't give them the model prayer and say, okay, here it is. Here's how you should pray. Let's move on with life. Because you're going to see this in a second. Jesus really wanted to drive home the principles involved in the Lord's Prayer, which is, this, which is asking for a greater measure of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And I'll tell you guys this, it is there, a greater measure of the Holy Spirit is there, and it is yours for the asking. That's why I say prayer is critical. Prayer is essential. Prayer is a cornerstone. It has to be for our lives and for our church. I get passionate. I get really intense about prayer. I may not be like intense during a prayer meeting, but I'm intense about it because I believe so strongly in it because it invokes the presence of God. Now, now, the Lord's Prayer, it involves several things, and I'm not going to get into a large teaching on the Lord's Prayer today, but, but it involves several things. It involves verbal worship of God. It involves a request that God's kingdom be established right here in our lives and in this earth. It is a request that the basic necessities or the essentials of life be provided to us even supernaturally. It's a a request that we be forgiven of our sins and and that that we will be forgiven of our sins in the same way that we forgive other people for the way that they've done evil to us, which is a reminder that if you can't forgive people, you can't be forgiven. That's a whole other sermon, but that's built into this thing and 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 to to not be led into temptation but to also be delivered from demonic and and satanic activity and just more verbal worship of god adoring god see that is the template for growing holy spirit presence in your life and, and so you can go back to that and look. But now I want us to look at the passage I'm addressing today, Luke eleven thirteen. 13. Take a look at that, and you really need to see this in your Bible, because I want you to see how this works. He says, if you then... Okay, that means he's talking about something prior to that. That's, that. See, that's the first clue that comes to my mind when I'm researching it. But let's just stay with this for a while. Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, I'll say it again. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to who? Those who think about it. No, those who think, I sure would like that. No, those who ask for it. Asking, just as a reminder, that's prayer. Okay, that's prayer prayers are prayer is literally words it's Mm -hmm. verbalizing something it can be verbalized in just normal words it can also be verbalized through singing and through poetry and other things like that now so this verse is where i started my research because this is where i I thought i'm going to start with that that verse and see where god takes me as i develop this sermon But, but but Everything makes so much more sense. This verse makes so much more sense when you look at it in its context. So I want you to roll back up to Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Because he did start off by saying, if you then. So let's, let's, let's go back and see what he's talking about. So he, goes, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds the one who knocks the door is open just pause there for a second a lot of lot of people have taken that scripture out of its context and applied it to everything else in life that basically saying you can get whatever you want anything you want it's all yours if you just if you just uh do these things that's not what the bible says some of you don't believe me because you've not been reading it, <laughs> but I have. I did. I did it for you. We're going to read it together. All right. Keep reading. It goes on to say, it gives an illustration. So Jesus gives us an illustration. He says, which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish? Now, quite up. I, I know in today's culture, like my kid doesn't ever ask for fish. All right. I know that. I know that. But in that culture, that is like, I'd like some food. So I'd, I'd like some food. I, I, want, I want some fish. And fish would have been one of the the best foods that you could eat. Basically, let's just say sardines. Well, (laughs) some of you, you're really turned off at this point. But you you have to understand, they're wanting something. It's, It's good, healthy food. It's good for you. Okay? So, look at it again. Which of your fathers, if your son asks you for some good, healthy food, will give him a snake? Okay. Nah. Duh. No. Or if he asks for an egg again i know you're thinking just like an egg that just popped out of a chicken i i i was raised on uh, you know, around chickens as a kid and i know that's not the most beautiful sight in the world when it first happens but please understand he's taught again it's good healthy food good healthy food think you know scrambled eggs or whatever maybe you don't like eggs i don't care whether you like them or not it's just good healthy food fish and eggs think about those are some very healthy foods so kind of get into what jesus is saying here Which of your fathers, if his son asks for a fish, you give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, healthy food, you're going to give him a scorpion. So a dad's not going to give snakes and scorpions to their kids. A parent is not going to give snakes and scorpions to their kids when they're asking for some healthy food. Something that's going to build them up. You see that? That's the picture Jesus is giving here. And then he says, in the scripture we're looking at today, if you then, though you're evil, now I know you might think I'm not evil, but in other words, we're not as good as God, okay? you, You get that? God is God and we're not. And we do have a bent toward evil. So he's saying, even though you have a bent toward evil, you're still going to give good gifts to your children. You're still going to give good gifts. What are the gifts? Again, that's another thing that a lot of people take out of context. Like, God just has, like, Christmas gifts coming to me all day long. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. The gifts is the healthy nutrients, the food, the things that will sustain you and take you to that next level because that's what he's talking about. You can never make the Bible say what it never said, okay? Okay? So if you know how to give good gifts to your children, good nutrition, good things to your own children, how much more, here's the parallel, with your Father in heaven, give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The parallel here is we say, God, I want your holy spirit that sustains me that builds me up that strengthens me i want that i need that i i crave that and the father in heaven is not going to give you something second rate. that's the beauty of this so this all fits together you see we're to be asking and seeking and knocking on this door saying god give us your spirit now okay but you have to look at this because I believe that the value of a scripture is found in its context, so you go back to verse number nine now look at uh, Luke eleven nine what is the very first word that you see there? You see the word so so that means, oh great there's more before this that I have to look at in order to understand what he was just talking about. So what Jesus did and uh, you know it's, it's he's developing this whole point of getting more of the holy spirit you can already see that right but if you look at the verses prior to verse 9 what do you find the lord's prayer the lord's prayer so a person who is seeking and asking for more of the holy spirit in their lives you are going to be marked by the elements of the lord's prayer what are those elements well you've been praying for them and because the holy spirit is 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 comes and abides with you and 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 you grow the presence of the lord among you then you're going to be a worshiper you're going to be more affectionate toward the kingdom of god than you are to the kingdom of this world you're going to have uh, have provision for your basic, basic necessities of life, you're going to find that you have the ability to quickly forgive other people. And you're not going to be constantly wrestling with temptation. You're going to be delivered from demonic or satanic or occult activity. And, and those are some of the traits of people who are continually growing Holy Spirit presence in their lives. But one thing is for certain, this is important, if you want to grow the presence of God in your life, in your home, in your business, or in our church, you absolutely must be unwavering. Be unwavering. In fact, I did a teaching on this at Timothy 12 two weeks ago. But you've got to be unwavering to ask to seek and to knock for more of his presence. You must do this. I don't care if you have to put it on your calendar to remind you because you're not used to asking for the Holy Spirit and praying. I don't, you know, If you want to pray the Lord's Prayer, that's a great place to start. But to pray, ask, seek, not God, I want more of your presence. God, I need you. Be unwavering about it. And regarding our church, that's what we're doing tonight at 6 p.m., we're, we call it corporate prayer. And we just come together to pray and to seek the face of God. Because prayer is and, and calling on God, asking for more of his presence is core to who this church is. And it, But it's not just the church. It's, it's us as individuals. I just say, guys, it has to be core to who you are as a believer. It has to be. These are troubled times that we're living in. It is not easy to just walk out the door and everything's going to be fine. You have to be continually asking, seeking, knocking, calling on the Holy Spirit to be present and active in your life. It's so simple, yet so many believers don't do it. And that's why the bumps and the, 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 the problems and the challenges happen continually uh, during the week and because you're, you're not able to grow the Holy Spirit presence in your life, but you really didn't even know how, and I'm telling you how right now giving it to you as simple as possible in the early days uh, of the church when god was just beginning to launch his church he had begun jesus had ascended and and the church was was in growth mode Uh, in jerusalem that's basically where the the christianity was at that time just in one city it was in jerusalem the there had begun a lot of persecution of the christians who were there and, and so that persecution had started. And so the apostles and a bunch of the other believers, they got together in this one place. And they said, you know, we're going to hold a prayer meeting. We're going to pray. We, we, need, we need more of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Things are kind of dicey for us right now. And so what they did, catch this, they invoked the presence of God into their gathering. Okay? This can be done in families. It can be in the homes. You should do it yourself. We must do it as a church. You can do it in the community. But you've got to apply this wherever it needs to be applied. So, and I, I want you to hear their prayer, which is located in Acts chapter 4, verse 30. This is part of their prayer. They said, God, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. So there was like literally a physical demonstration of the Holy Spirit as the place was shaken. Now, after this, I want you to see the results of what happened with these believers because they, at, they invoked Holy Spirit presence, because they wanted a greater uh, dimension of the Holy Spirit. Here, look at it. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God boldly, all the believers were of one heart, one mind. No one claimed they had any of their possess- claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Keep in mind this during a period of of, of of persecution. It was getting intense, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. So you see right here more of these advantages of growing Holy Spirit presence. You see increased faith, increased favor. You see increased power, increased unity, increased generosity, increased grace. Why? Because they call upon the Holy Spirit, God, we need more of you. And and so so who doesn't want that? I mean, who doesn't want those things in their church or in their family or their home or their business or their lives? I mean, I do. (laughs) I choose to invoke Holy Spirit presence through prayer. And, and I choose to ask and to seek and to knock, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be relentless about it. And I want you to also. Second Corinthians chapter number three, verse 17. That also gives us some of the benefits of Holy Spirit presence. Now look at this. It says, now the, the Lord is a spirit. Alright, got that. And where the spirit of the Lord is. Which also means Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And we, all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is a what? Spirit. Grow. The presence of the holy spirit grow it i want to hear me i just see there's this opportunity for increased freedom there's increased glory of god the glory of god means the the weightiness and the and the 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 strength and the, the just the thickness the awesomeness the brightness of god in your life in your business in your home it means a transformation into his image. That's what it's, what it's saying there. In other words, you're going to look more like Jesus. Right here we have some basic core values in our church. And one of our four core values is this. i want to read this to you. And, uh, but, but I don't just want this to be something that you think, of, well, that's what the church does. That we do. See, you're part of this church. So this should be part of your life. I want you to hear this. We believe that Holy Spirit presence is one of the distinctives of this church, one of our distinct values. It says, basically this, we highly value the presence of God. Listen to how this is developed. We know that without the presence of God, we are wasting our efforts. That's important, guys. Therefore, we call upon the Holy Spirit to be present and to be active. Present and active, both in our lives and in our gatherings. We invite the Holy Spirit, how? (laughs) Through prayer, worship, and right living. That means righteous living. We desire. To overflow with the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Spirit of God. You see, when Spirit filled people come together, there's a natural overflow of the presence of God, especially when we begin to call on God, when we ask Him for more and more of His presence. And we just kind of, it just kind of splashes onto one another. Recently, I filled my mug up with some delicious coffee at my house one morning, and I, I, will, I love to just sip coffee on, uh, on my day off, and since it's been cooler outside, a lot of times I'll go out on the patio in the morning with my coffee, and I take the chihuahuas out there, and they're just happy to be outside, I have two chihuahuas, peanut and buttercup, and, and uh just go out there and they're happy to be outside they're looking for somebody to bark at or whatever hoping the squirrels are out but there aren't any they're hoping the, a bird's going to fly close so they can jump up and bite it and it's not going to happen uh, try to bark at the neighbors but they'll just kind of be roaming around the backyard and uh, the other day I I, I, I had my mug of coffee and, and, and I, I bumped it and I, I spilled a little bit, a bit of it onto the patio and uh Peanut, which is the, the 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 just the just the, she's crazy little dog. I mean, she's just a crazy little chihuahua. She saw that and she dashed over and she just like just licking up the coffee, just just enjoying it. And and I thought, I don't need to look it up online to see if coffee is good for dogs, but I don't think it's probably the best thing for them. But eh, a little bit isn't going to hurt her. But she's a little chihuahua, you know. She go, puck, puck, puck. So. It was great. She she enjoyed it and wanted more. I'm like, nah, that's all the coffee you get for the day, doggy. And a little bit later, Peanut had so much energy. She got her energy boost for the day. Oh, man, she was running through the backyard. She was just looking for bugs to bark at and, and was so excited. She went into the house and began sliding across the floor, sliding from one end to the other, wagging her tail happy. Butter, you know, buttercup, we call it butter for short. But, but she, was, you know, she was just kind of looking at Peanut and going, what is the deal with you? You know, just watching Peanut just be so happy. And I knew what was going on. She had gotten a sample of the overflow sometimes in early morning prayer when it's just me and staff some of our key leaders I'll pray this I like to pray this sometimes you may even hear me pray this because it's a a sincere prayer but it's just that God I just pray that when people bump into us they're just going to get doused with the joy of the Lord the presence of the Holy Spirit You're overflowing with it already You see when you're filled to the brim Someone bumps into you It's going to get on them I want to live with the Holy Spirit On the brim So that whether I'm here Or in the community Or I'm at home Someone bumps into me They're just going to get a douse of the glory of God Don't you want to live like that With Holy Spirit Presence I believe in that with all my heart I believe that's what church should look like. I believe that that's what our lives should look like. How do we get that? We ask, we seek, we knock, we pray. In fact, we're going to practice this in a sense during communion. In fact, one of the things I've been teaching on Timothy 12 is that part of this thing of engaging deeply with the presence of God is to leave the culture and to go to the Cross. And to indulge in the beauty of the cross. It's ugly and it's beautiful at the same time because that's where Jesus paid the price for us. That's why communion is not just a mere little duty that we do as Christians. It's engaging deeply. We are are coming in close to the presence of God through Jesus. We're taking the body of Christ, the blood of Jesus, which is what communion represents. And we're ingesting it as if we're saying, God, I want more of you in me. I want you in me. I want you to be a part of me. But God is a spirit. So we're saying, Holy Spirit, flood me, flood me, flood me. And over these next few minutes, we're going to do communion. And I want that. I want you to make that your prayer. I want that to make that your passion. That God would just inundate you with his spirit that you'll leave here more full of the Spirit than you did when you came in, and that you'll keep asking, seeking, and knocking for it. First and foremost, before I go any further, I want to see. ask you this. Is there anyone who's in this room who's not in relationship with Jesus Christ or your relationship with Him isn't right? You see, in order to have more of the Holy Spirit presence, you need to have the Spirit living in you. I want you to have that. want you to have the Spirit of God to come and dwell in you through salvation. Forgiveness of sins. The past is cut off. You're going to live a new life. And if that's you this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to lift your hand. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three. When I do that, you lift your hand. say, that's me, Pastor. I need Jesus. Would everyone just please move into a moment of self-reflection. The Bible says we're supposed to examine ourselves. In fact, it says we're supposed to examine ourselves before we do communion but are are you here this morning and you're not in a relationship or you're not in a right relationship with Jesus and you know you need to make things right with him because if that's you, I want you to acknowledge it by lifting your hand for me today. We're gonna pray a prayer together. Others are gonna pray with you and we're going to watch God's salvation work in action here in this room. If that's you, lift your hand for me. One, two, three, lift it up for me so I can see it. Yeah, you can put your hand down. Who else? Thank you. Put your hand down. Who else? Who else? those who lifted your hand, I want you to pray these words with me. I want you to believe it from the bottom of your heart. Church, I want you to pray these words with me as well. As encouragement to those who are making a break with the past, sins are being forgiven in this room. In fact, church, even as you pray this prayer, if there's sin in your life that you need to confess to the Lord, do it now. Do it now. Because communion is nothing that we just play with. It's a holy act. We want to be clean before we do so. So let's, let's pray this prayer. Pray this out loud. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Today I make the choice to allow your blood to cleanse me. And to change my way of living. I thank you that you have transformed me into a new creation and you've put your spirit in me. The old is gone and the new has come. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.